Welcome to the conference. Please enter the conference ID, followed by the pound key. Hey there. <laughs> yeah. Last class of the year. What? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, I'm excited. So, I'm going to invite you to join me in a prayer. We place our hand on our heart and move into that deep gratitude. So grateful and so thankful for the love of God revealing itself in our heart, in our mind, in our awareness. So grateful right now to consciously know and accept the truth that sets us free. We're grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. To consciously recognize the I am that I am and to stand in the spirit. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to a healing right now. So grateful and so thankful to allow ourselves to join together in a holy conversation dedicated to our healing, dedicated to our expansion. We call upon the company of heaven, the ancestors, and all that is holy to support us in a revelation, an inspiration, a healing. We share the benefits of our healing and our inspiration, our clarity, our revelation with everyone because we're one with them. And in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, the year goes by so quickly, doesn't it? It, it really does. I, I definitely feel time is speeding up, and I know it's because of the higher and higher vibration we're all experiencing. And so I'm going to open up the lines here and unmute everybody. <clears throat> so we can join together. So here we go. Get ready to be unmuted. <laughs> All right. One of the great joys of my work is the opportunity to speak with so many of you one-on-one -on -one and to get to know you better and to have that opportunity to connect to simply know the truth together. And so I've been doing that with a lot of people. I know there's more uh, appointments that are coming, which I very much look forward to. And I just want to mention that if you haven't been able to schedule an appointment, maybe you're listening to this recording next week or something like that, um, I can always find uh, time uh, because I, I, I would absolutely love the privilege of speaking with you. And as I said to the year one students, not everyone feels comfortable talking one-on-one -on -one with me, and I understand that, and that's fine. Uh, and if you are feeling challenged, maybe you're feeling ashamed even that you haven't had more expansion or more of a breakthrough this year than you feel you should have had, 
anything like that, you know, that's that's something I'm really helpful with, and I'd rather help you with it than um, not connect. So uh, I really, this is my, it's a gift to me, and it's a gift we get to share when we join together in the light. And a lot of times when people do the one-on-one with me, they have realizations of things that have transpired in the last year that they didn't even recognize until we started talking about it. And I think that's one of the gifts for some people of doing the survey. And um, the survey does take about 20 minutes. You don't have to do it in order to schedule a one-on-one with me. And uh, both the survey and the one-on-one appointment links are on the website, the Masterful Living website. All on year one, year two, year three, class page, community call page, and announcements page. And so before I go any further, I would just like to see, uh, has anybody had any revelations or realizations lately? Is anybody feeling particularly challenged by anything they'd like some help with? And uh, does anybody have any questions for me? So you you all are unmuted, so you can jump right in. Hey, Ken. Hey, Peter. Hi there. Uh, I'd just like to share something. Great. Thanks. Um, so I just want to thank everybody. And many of you I, I've never spoken to, I've never met, I don't know personally. Yet I've um, I've asked you all for prayers because I've been experiencing some health problems lately. Health challenges lately and um, I just want to really thank you my heart is is really full with so much gratitude and love for you because you've really been with me I've I've held you close and 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 all the kind of frightening and intense and precarious moments I've known that I've had this really miraculous community of friends and kindred spirits with me, and it's been it's been an enormous blessing. Uh, a much a much finer and greater blessing than anything the doctors have ever could ever provide me with. So um, mm. it's just really a um, a uh, a sharing of thanks to you all. Thank you very much. God bless. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Peter. And I would love to ask you in the last couple of weeks of your experience with having the surgery and things like that, have you had any realizations or revelations that you can share with us? 
you got to be smiling when you ask me that question. <laughs> you better um, believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. It's, 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 they're, they're, there'll be books about it one day, God willing. Uh, it's, I, my life is a revelation. My, I feel my mind is, is just turning inside out by the nanosecond. And my entire awareness of who I am is, is changing. Um, it's kind of like a tremendous LSD trip without the LSD. It's, uh, just crazy. Um, you know, for me, what, what my life's been about the last several years, five years, six years, I've been to really sort of open the door where I kept myself hiding in a corner and some part of me, some higher holy part of me, reached reached an arm into that dark corner and said, you can trust me, come on out. And it's taken me some time, and uh, I still waver, but I've come quite a bit out, you know, and with each step that I've taken out, my the roots of that step have gone further into the firmament of myself, so I have a feeling of substantiality of who I am. Whereas previously in the darkness, in the darkness, I really had no idea I was a man of the world. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do well. I wanted to look well. I wanted mm-hmm. to eat well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to be successful in the way that this world asks us to. Mm-hmm. And I live in New York and It's a city built on, in many ways, style and attitude Mm -hmm. and a sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. And I bought in, and it's been a really kind of painful undoing of all this. And the surgery, it was in a sense for me because it's 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 emblematic of the way I think that I I understand everything symbolically in my life. So the the surgery for me was um was a symbol of my healing mm. of my letting go of the tumor of limiting limiting fears, fears of unworthiness, fears of having to earn love, fears of love being taken away, or fear of love being conditional. And it was, the surgery was my way of declaring my freedom that I was willing 
to have a, have a healing. I was willing to be free of the darkness that I wrapped around me as if it were a close friend. And I don't mean to say I didn't have moments of being, being frightened, for sure. And as a matter of fact, I might get a call later tonight to come into ER. You know, I, I don't know that my bloods are good. Um, but it's, for me, you know, and I'm talking about where, what, what's going on in my body, what the surgery I had was on the pituitary gland, which is a pretty interesting little gland, which is mm-hmm. pretty loaded with spiritual significance, with six chakra association, with spiritual vision, with a with the willingness to see clearly. And I guess that's what I really mean. It was my declaration that, yes, I am willing to see clearly. Yeah. I am willing. I'm willing to own my voice mm. and to stand in my, in my authenticity. Mm. And I was willing to let go of the blocks. And in this case, the block was just symbolized by a tumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've kept off these calls for a while. <laughs> I guess I just really was waiting until I have something really, really juicy this year. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's experience is such a journey. Sometimes it's so intense. It's relentless. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, used oh to, my God. I used to say that all the time. God is relentless. <laughs> God is relentless. <laughs> yeah. The, and you know that that's it's our own higher self that's relentless because we have such a deep desire to live in the light, to serve the light, to be the light, that that relentlessness comes from our own desire. That I, I truly believe that everyone who participates in Masterful Living, every single one of us is, we know that we are here to be a part of this turning of the light, and turning towards the light. And that we have a divine purpose to be truly helpful, to serve the light, to be the light. And we cannot be happy and we cannot slack anymore. We just can't do it. It's that call to be all in. And, 
you know, when we start this work, a lot of us are like, well, how am I ever going to figure these things out? How is this ever going to happen? How? I'm oh, not goodness. Buddha. I'm not Jesus. How am I ever going to figure it out? But it's it just, just happens. Yeah. It just comes. You know, you said a long time ago, God, I remember from maybe it was even finding freedom for God's sake. It just takes a little bit of willingness and a crack in the door to start hearing your higher self. Yeah. I never wanted to know it. I swear to God. I never wanted to know it. Yeah. I just wanted to be numb. I wanted to be numb. And I was really successful at being numb. Mm. For a lot, for a number of years. Yeah. You know, and I used, I used, and I used, and I used all sorts of stuff, legal and otherwise, and acceptable and otherwise. You know, I used money in restaurants, and I, I used shit, and I, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, But I, about two years ago, I quit my job, a profession I had for 35 years. And I just said, fuck it, just bring it on, man. I'll run out of money. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be vulnerable. I'll be transparent. And all I can do is, is pray and ask for help and be an open vessel for what's inside me. And all in due time, it's just, it's all come, come up, come through. And I don't know where the fuck I'm going. I swear, I mean, everything turned in, like I said, it's, I've been turned inside out. I've, I'm getting to know myself in a way I just never knew I was. Yeah, yep. You know, I, I try on a uh, sort of an avocation for size, you know, like trying on a suit. Well, let me try that on, see if that's it. And it's like something I've just never thought about in a million ever. I said, oh, yeah, that could work for me. Hey, I might want to pursue that. You know, me? Be a healing person? Mm. Ten years, Ten years ago. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have known what the heck that was. Mm-hmm. I just would have called the doctor. Mm. Hmm. But it does bring me back to where I started, folks, and that's that I... There, there's just no way I, I could have ever done this. Alone. Right. Ever, 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 ever. And you're talking to a guy that gritted his teeth over prayer partnership. <laughs> I said, no fucking way. This is not for me. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to get a buy. Nope, nope. I don't want it. And, um, 
I don't know. Mm. I can't live without them, and I can't live without <laughs> community. Mm. You know? It's like... Because I just wanted to be alone. I really did. Yeah. You know? I was... I was taught to be self-reliant. I had to be strong, young. I would be very strong, young. And... um I just I just packed that in my release and took it with me for a long run, several decades. But anyway, I'm I'm I feel complete. Bless you all and uh I know it's the last call of the year, Jen, so I wanna like open it up also mm. if anyone wants to share. Well, that that's a beautiful opening. It's a beautiful opening. It's a journey to love and accept ourselves. And there's not a one of us, really, that starts this, that uh, whether it's massive living or just a spiritual journey that isn't identified with a false self. I mean, as you're talking, Peter... I'm so clear that when I was younger, I was completely thinking that the things of this world could make me happy. I was so committed to that. It's it's a major letting go. Yeah. And I sure as heck never knew how to be a minister and how to be make a living at it until I just said, I'm just all in. Uh, it, God will reveal it to me. I just, I can't figure it out, so I'm going to just stop trying. I'm just going to follow the thing and the next thing and the next thing because trying to figure it out is making me crazy. Oh, God. Is that the truth? It is the truth, yeah. And that's that's part of the journey of Masterful Living is the willingness to say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm willing to believe it will happen, even though I don't know how. Because the ego always wants to know, well, how's that going to happen? And if the ego can't figure out how it's going to happen so that it can predict how to protect itself, the ego will say, no, 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 no. i, I got to know what's coming or I don't want to go. But that's not the spiritual journey. So everybody's unmuted. Anybody else like to? I should probably mute myself because <laughs> I'm falling. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
meaning go for it. Go for the good cry. That release. Anybody have a share, question? Anybody having a challenge? Hi, Jennifer. It's Leslie. Hey, Leslie. Hey. hey. This seems, I don't want to say silly after that deep share that Peter had, but I just had an experience the last couple of days of definitely feeling more one with everything instead of separate. And this example is just, I. I stopped at the library after work yesterday and we had an ice storm and it was quite a long drive from work but I figured what's two more minutes to stop at the library and when I got there they had closed and it was a couple hours early that they had closed mm. and I was just so happy for them. I'm just and I truly it wasn't even I didn't even have to talk myself into it. I was just like, Oh good for them. Hopefully they were able to beat the storm. You know, and I just and then I just drove home and it was it was just fine. I mean I truly meant it. And then today when I was driving home again, it was just a parking lot and I there's like four or five police cars and an ambulance and a fire truck when I finally got past it and and again I was just so patient, just sitting in the traffic jam and just so grateful that I wasn't in distress and that I was able to pray for the people that were in distress and just knowing that divine order was always, is always in charge of my life and in charge of all of us. And I've just, I've never been that patient before in a traffic jam and it was, it was really a lovely experience. That's <laughs> all I can say. Well, what I'm hearing is oneness and peace of mind. And those are no small things. Amen. Yeah. It's been quite a journey these past couple of years, I'll tell you that. Mm. Yeah. People often think at the beginning, and there's something happening with your phone, Leslie. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You might actually want to call back in. Are you on a cell phone? I am. Yeah, you might just want to call right back in. Okay. She's going to do that. Yeah, peace of mind and feeling the oneness. Being able to rejoice that what could seem like an inconvenience to you, you can rejoice that it's something helpful to somebody else. That's a big shift, being able to have peace of mind in intense traffic. 
is a is a wonderful thing. Such a difference, such a change. Hey, Leslie. Hey, I'm back. Is this better? Oh, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> there's yeah, there's some kind of clicking or some kind of noise on your line. Really? Because I hear you perfectly. Yeah. Anyway, it's not horrible, but I just, it sounded for a minute like I wasn't sure if you, we were hearing everything you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, go ahead. I was just going to say, I had just said that this has really been an incredible journey these past two years, and I feel really sad right now that I just, Wow, it's been two years, and I just, I don't know. What's the sadness about? I think I just feel like I'm going to miss everybody. Hmm. But maybe that's because I don't know what's, what I'm, what's going on for next year, and, you know, I just, every, like Peter said, everybody has, I've just felt the community hmm. has meant so much to me, and. The, the prayer partners, too, I remember in the beginning, I was just like, oh, prayer partners, I don't think so. And, and But I was willing. I was willing to have a prayer partner. Everybody just talked so highly of them. And every single prayer partner I've had has brought something special to my life. And I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. for all of them. Yeah. Hey, Leslie, I still speak to prayer partners from two years ago. And there's wow. some of them aren't even in some of them aren't even in the group anymore. Mhm. So you never you don't lose anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I say um, when people are concerned about a loss, I say, "Well, you can't really lose anything in God because where's it going to go?" <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and I also, uh, I even before I had the understanding that I have now, and Leslie, I don't know what it is, but um, there's definitely some real I'm going to call you back, and I'm going to get rid of my, my, well, actually, let me just get, take off my Bluetooth. Maybe that's what's doing it. Oh, maybe that's it, yeah. Okay. Oh, much better. Well, let's see. Hold on, I didn't do it yet. All right. Um, I'll just go back. How's that? Well, it it sounds much better already, yes. Okay, great. Yeah, all that that clicking noise is gone. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. You're talking about when somebody's feeling a loss. Yeah, you can't really lose anything in God. And when I was younger, it, before I have the understanding that I have now, I I was clear that the only thing we could take with us from this life was our relationships. You know, it's that Beatles song. And in the end, the love you make is the love you take. And that's that's what we do get to take with us is our relationships. 
And I will talk some more about next year. I am in the process of writing emails about it, and I, I'll apologize for being negligent. I, um, I've had a, a number of just organizational challenges, and uh, I'm editing the. I've edited the workbooks, and um, I hired somebody to do it, and it just became. Uh, very, very challenging, and we've had to scrap all that work and start again. And um, and I'll tell you, uh, it's just sometimes these, you can call them technical challenges, administrative challenges, uh, are um, very time-consuming. <laughs> very, very time-consuming. And uh, so sometimes it's a, it's a challenge for me to prioritize uh, just all the administrative tasks of which emails to write and um, which meetings to have and and things like that. Because to be perfectly honest with you, I uh, when I went to college, so that was back in 1977. When I went to college, my uh, aspiration was to manage rock and roll bands, and I studied theater. So I have a, a bachelor's of science in theater. And then when I graduated, I, I, I realized, you know, I don't think I want to manage rock and roll bands anymore. I, I would like to work in the theater. And, and so I got a job working at the New York Shakespeare Festival, uh, uh, which – founded by Joe Papp, which is one of the most prestigious and accomplished and beautiful theatrical companies in the world. And um, maybe at that time certainly could have easily said in America. So I, and I got that job right out of college. So it was like God loves me. And... Um, so I moved to New York and from Boston where I went to college. I moved to New York, found a great apartment on the Upper West Side at a great price. And I worked in the theater for a number of years and got inspired to write a play with my brother. And we did that and we produced it off Broadway and for American Playhouse, PBS television. And um, I was living with a man I, I dearly loved. And uh, all kinds of things came crashing down. The play was a critical success, and, but it wasn't a financial success. And then I didn't know where I was going. And my, my boyfriend moved out. And uh, all of that was intensely challenging. I moved to, to Maine and lived in my parents' house, what was then their second home off the coast of Maine, uh, for several years. And I waited tables. You've heard me talk about that and um, bartended and things like that and d did bookkeeping, uh, which was a skill I learned to do when I was writing the play so that I could work part-time and um, earn a live and write the play. And uh, so I – and I really retreated to Maine, which was uh, like a whole – mental, emotional, spiritual detox period for me. It was very, very healing. It was really when I began to dramatically 
start to shed the false identification. So that was my early 30s. And then and I was writing screenplays. And, and then I moved to California in order to go to film school. And I got accepted into the graduate screenwriting program at USC, which was like one of the most amazing uh, opportunities of my life. And uh, it was not easy to get into. I got into it. And uh, I did really well there. I was a star student, wrote a bunch of screenplays. And everybody thought, wow, you, you're just going to have an amazing career as a writer. And I couldn't sell one of them. And my intuition said to me, put it all aside and go now grow your consciousness. You have a voice that you can develop that can speak to the world, but you're not ready yet. So you've, you've developed your writing skill. Now grow your consciousness. So amazingly, I was obedient. <laughs> I am amazed that I was obedient to that. And so I, I, I went into practitioner, pre-practitioner training at Agape and then practitioner training and then ministerial training, and that was nine years of growing my consciousness in that way. And in many ways, it wasn't until I got out of ministerial school, or I was finishing ministerial school, which I really didn't find a whole lot of value in, and that I uh, my circumstances were such that I had a lot more free time and I put it all into my spiritual practice. And at that time, this was about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, my whole world crashed. My job, lost my job. I lost, uh, and I had romantic challenges that were making me insane. I was, had a, I graduated from ministerial school, and they wouldn't uh, – initially, they I didn't pass my oral exams. They didn't license me, and they dragged me through all this process, which uh, at the time was like, oh, okay, this is a refinement of humility here. <laughs> and um, then I – you know, and they actually almost they, – they tried to say to me, or they or certain people on the um, – staff said, you know, Jennifer, you just don't, you're not really a minister. You're not, that's, you don't have what it takes. And I was like, okay, I think I'm complete with you people now. <laughs> and thank God, because I never would have created the ministry that I have had they said, come on in. This is your, yes, your call to be a minister here. So I felt like this community that I had been a part of for, at that point, I don't know, uh, I guess that was around 2006. So I had been a part of that community for 11 years. And I I can't even tell you the number of hours that I was in service there and all of that. I was like, Really? You don't think that I'm have the consciousness of a minister, and I was just like, okay, I get it. This is not where I'm to be a minister. I'm to do 
my own thing. And I, I really was like, okay, let's see f- what happens. And so I really committed at that point to being having my own ministry. And thank God, thank God, we would not be having this conversation now if I hadn't. But I had no idea how it would happen. None. And when I was starting into the practitioner, even the pre-practitioner classes, I, uh, I, I was so completely, and I do mean completely, hiding my deep sense of spiritual unworthiness. I'm a good student. I can do the classes. I can be the star student. I can get, you know, I can excel, 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 but I, I did not feel good about myself. I was feeling ever more increasingly good about myself, but boy, I just, I, that spiral, that's how I figured out that spiral of contrast. You know, one minute I've got spiritual superiority and the next minute my face is in the mud. You know, one minute I'm having an epiphany and the next thing I've had a whole bottle of wine by myself. What? So, and there were so many years that I really felt desperate, afraid, alone, ashamed, and now I'm so grateful for all of that because there's no one I talk to anymore that I look at them and I think, oh, yeah, man, you have problems. Because now I know that every single challenge I ever had, every moment of feeling like, oh, my God, I just want to get off of this planet. How do I get off of here? Every minute of that was my opportunity to grow and that there's not been one moment of my life ever when there was ever an obstacle. There was only an opportunity. And I know that even today because I have had these challenges with getting the updates in the workbook done and so I can get them printed, so I can get them shipped and all of that. And I realized, okay, I've just got to scrap all this work and find somebody new. And I hired somebody new, and then they're like, uh, you know what, I don't want to do this. Okay, so I'll start again, find somebody new. And I did, but before, uh, but after the challenge this morning where the person said, yeah, I don't really want to do this. I just took a breath and I said, okay, angels, I, I I have no idea how to figure this out, so I'm surrendered here, and I have trust and faith that all will be revealed, everything works together for my good, and I'm so grateful to know that that is so. I stopped trying to figure it out, I got an insight, contact this person, I contacted them. They knew someone 
I contacted them, and they said, oh, I'd love to do that. I'm a, I'm a, a, I've got plenty of time to do that. So, and it, I have such a good feeling about them doing the work, and so there's just those kinds of, I mean, for me, that's not a life-threatening challenge, and it's not a self-esteem challenge. It's just, you know, time and space challenges. But I still have challenges with my family and with friends sometimes that feel like, oh, there's a there's a real something coming up for healing here. But I I don't rush into self medication and despair at all anymore. And that's a gift that I can share with others because I used to do that. I used to just crash and burn so quick in a nanosecond. I have something I can share. Hey, Carla. Um, You know, I've been having this challenge with my sister. And um and I I am oscillating back and forth, spiraling up, down, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All around. And um and um I'll go to NBC. I have an NBC class on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh there weren't there weren't as many as normal and at the end she asked like who wants to work on something well only one person did and so I said, well, maybe, you know, I don't really want to, I don't really want to work on it, but I must have to, it must be something like, you know, helpful, some, something helpful, because I want to resist it, right? So I, I went into it, like, loving the resistance, I guess, in a way, you know, just, just said, yeah, I'm willing, I'll do whatever, and... I don't know if I feel differently or not yet, but all I know is I've been praying for a more connection with my I am presence and um, to help with my resistance to that and just praying all sorts of stuff around. And so it seems it's like whatever happened and I'm not even sure what it was but mm-hmm. I think I really went into my heart because I wanted to be I was hurt and angry and I mm. wanted to be different mm. you know I wanted to be better and more spiritual <laughs> and release it and I couldn't because that's who I was right and in the in the session um Someone played my sister as like a is a really um compassionate mm-hmm. person, right? Understanding. And so I, I was just like could do anything I wanted. You know, and I went into I went into that hurt and pain and like said, ah, and just plowed 
And I just, <laughs> I don't know how to ex- explain it. It's like immerse myself in that. And I, I kind of, something, some noise happened. And I brought my attention to it. And I realized there were people crying. <laughs> people were crying because of this experience. Because whatever I was into, it touched them so deeply. And I mean, that's not the important thing. It's just kind of interesting. But, and I guess it's just more a description of how deeply I was willing to throw myself. I mean, all these experiences in this class has really helped me get to this point where, you know, telling all the stuff over and over again and praying, I guess, has helped me. And it was really kind of surprising how I didn't have to try or think my way through it. I just kind of felt I didn't have to try to feel my way through. I just was feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I just was, um, I feel a release. I feel mm-hmm. definitely healing. I mean, I still see, I can still see the the pain and, and disappointment, but it's not, it's, it's not as attached. I'm not as attached to it or it's not as attached to me. I don't know what it is. Um, it's just more, I'm just seeing it and, and it's just more disconnected. I don't know what, how to how to describe it, but um, so uh, I am as well uh, is like really thankful for this class and this opportunity to have in the community goals and in the classes to practice, and so it was really so affirming to me that. Outside of that, and something else, a safe place, so, um, that it just, I didn't anticipate being able to just, I didn't have to worry about it. It just happened, you know? I just was really sweet, really. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know how to express it. But you know, Carla. What we all witness is your tremendous willingness and your tremendous desire to liberate. And that, and this is one of the messages of A Course in Miracles and the Sacred Flames is it's our desire to liberate that it's a fire. It, it creates this energetic pulling where everything will be provided to us in all kinds of ways. might be a surgery. It might be a relationship challenge. It might be someone dying. It might be uh, any number of things, getting fired from a job or just all kinds of things that happen to us that give us that opportunity to really look at the attachments the patterns, the false beliefs, and that 
deep desire to let it go gives us these great opportunities to have really intense, well, really supercharged expansion where we make a leap in our awareness. It's that willingness to say, okay, I'm not interested in being right anymore. I'm interested in the wholeness. And that's where I know you live. And uh, and so we're all doing that, you know, giving up the, I want to be right. No, I'd rather be whole. Hmm. And so it touches us all when someone can share from that space. Because underneath all the circumstances and situations and beliefs, etc., that we each individually experience, there's that desire to know our wholeness, to live our destiny, to shine and serve the light. Yeah, it's it's. I used I think my hope for a while and maybe still is is was to like heal myself, which is still there, you know. But it's it's that it's not only just the service, but it's like I now I'm not just interested in healing myself. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm interested in pulling as many people with me or you know it's like I'm willing to um, I don't know be on a bus with as many people as we can pack on there you know (laughs) (laughs) and just um, well let and I, I totally understand that because I think it's kind of obvious I feel the same way and um I what I recognize in myself and in you and in others is that as we release the false beliefs, the willing to be the willingness to be transparent and authentic and just share whatever is what happens because we're not judging ourselves to the same degree anymore. The more we shed that, the more we can just say what's what. And that's healing for everyone on the bus. I want to be on that bus, too. (laughs) You are. You are on it. That's right. That's right. Linda, you're sitting in the front. (laughs) Yeah. And that actually motivates me as well, you know, because when I'm here, I'm not here alone. So it's, it's like, it's just support. I don't know. It's just interesting. Like when the thing last night, when other people were crying, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, great!" You know, it just made me want to deep going even deeper into mm-hmm. it. Cause, yes. cause like, yeah, come on, man, let's yeah. all go. That's right. Yes. 
Yeah, let's get it out. Bring it to the light. Beautiful. I was talking with Linda earlier today, and um, I promised to share more about what's coming. And it's it's a little uh, – it's still being revealed to me, so it's hard for me to – uh, give lots of details and things like that because new directions are opening up. And what I can share with you is that uh, in terms of the classes this coming year, as I spoke about, I feel called to offer tracks for people who would like to have training to teach, to minister, to be a practitioner, and to be a spiritual counselor. And the spiritual counseling training, part of it is an intensive. And I believe the next time I do that, I hope will be in April or in the spring, and that it will probably be a week-long training. And then... Part, and part of the spiritual counseling training is to do individual sessions with clients, and I provide an opportunity for people to get clients, in a sense, through the Finding Freedom and Masterful Living classes, and some of you have taken advantage of that, uh, to be able to have counseling on a love-offering basis with people who are training. And then um, also part of that spiritual counseling training is to do all the work in finding freedom and to do all the work in year one of Masterful Living. And so, uh, and some people are very interested in being teachers and sharing and not so interested in counseling. Some people are interested in counseling, not so interested in teaching. And so I, in in the form of Jesse Brune, I've trained one minister. And, and he's an excellent minister. And has, we've, we founded our own spiritual community, but when I left, he completely took it over and is, doing an excellent job of it. And um, he actually, uh, as you may have heard if you listened to the um, 2016 um, Path of Healing class that I did where I asked Masterful Living students to share their experiences, he uh, announced that he's going to join me in class again next year. And so the two classes that you folks might be interested in are uh, Year 3 and the Ascension Pathway class. And so the Ascension Pathway class is for people who really love the sacred flames. They love the teachings of the masters, and particularly St. Germain and Jesus, Lord Sananda, and 
are interested in those teachings resonate with those teachings. And then the year three is going to be a bit more focused on A Course in Miracles. It's not A Course in Miracles track per se. I'm not quite prepared to do that because I I uh, find that all Course in Miracles is uh, sometimes just too intellectual for my taste. And I, I like doing uh, other kinds of tools and things, as you well know. But in that year three pathway, for people who are interested in those Course in Miracles teachings a bit more, we'll be doing that and still doing the um, very much focused on self-love, self-esteem, and understanding the oneness of all life. Now, every class that I do is always about self-love, self-esteem, and the oneness of all life because that is the path of healing. That's the path of awakening. There's, in a sense, there's no other path. Um, so in the year three classes, there will be more focus on that. And the, for the folks who are interested in doing the Ascension Pathway work, I'm really inviting people to be involved and to show up for class, if at all possible. I know sometimes with the timing, it's really challenging. People work or they're asleep, the time zones and things like that. And uh, I've decided that the Ascension Pathway, it's going to be on Friday because that's the day that the Ascension Flame is uh, most prevalent. And the focus is there energetically in our experience. And the class is probably going to be at something like 8, 9, or 10 a.m. Pacific, which is 11, 12, or 1 p.m. Eastern. Possibly, it could be later. What I'm going to do is I'm also going to, um, I'll see what, who enrolls and what their schedules are so that we can do our best to find a time that works well or the best possible time for everybody in the group. And, uh, and then year three class, I'm not sure yet exactly if it's going to be on, um, Tuesday morning as it's been in the past or be perhaps on Wednesday evening. So looking at those possibilities and in terms of timing. and But one of the things we're going to do in both the year two, year three, and Ascension Pathway for the start of the year is we'll start with the taking stock and uh, with the New Year's intentions. I have New Year's Reboot on January 1st, and then on January 11th, which is Monday, we'll do start with the New Year's intentions. And with as with um, year two and year three this year, uh, you'll have, if you're in uh, year 
three, you'll have access to year two and year one. If you're in uh, Ascension Pathway, you'll you'll have access to the other classes. And with uh, part of what I'm looking at with a minister ministerial training and teacher training is um, doing more in-person uh, events and retreats uh, because they're certainly with teacher training uh, there are things like um, teaching people how to speak who would like to speak. And so that's that's something that really, it's really helpful to do that in person. So we'll see how that proceeds. And I'd like to be able to start doing very regular retreats, having several Masterful Living retreats a year, having a couple of spiritual counseling intensives a year, maybe two or three, maybe three uh, mass for living retreats per year. So this is what I'm looking to do. And uh, I also, I as of right now, I am planning to move to the New York area in June. And I'm going to be, January-ish, I'm going to start putting out a call to everyone in uh my my community, our spiritual community, those who are enrolled in classes and even those who have been listening only to the free classes or just getting the blog and things like that, but to let people know that I'm Power of Love Ministry is going to be offering in-person uh, offerings in, in New York City. And so to start doing on the phone uh, meetings and visionings to, to prepare for that for people who would like to participate in founding that community. And growing into being a minister in that community, being a practitioner in that community, however people would like to serve and and hopefully be employed i i i what i feel the calling for is to be able to offer free forgiveness workshops most weeks on the weekend for people to perhaps have you know levels 1 2 3 of forgiveness workshops and people would go through that sequence if they wanted to and they could repeat it if they'd like to and to really be able to offer these things to the people of New York, um, I feel a great calling to to build a strong community in New York and to have a base there and to start having services, you know, maybe Friday night, maybe Sunday night, maybe both, live stream them. These are all what I'm feeling is coming. So I'm just saying yes to it. 
I have no idea how it will be unfolding. And uh, I know that my job is not to um, figure it out, but to allow it and to say yes to it. To say yes to it. And I've learned how to say yes. <laughs> and so that's what a lot of my training has been, is just to say, okay, yes, yes. All right, take a breath. Yes, I'm in. Let's see what happens next. And so people are beginning to come forward who are interested in holding that vision. And I'll be really able to focus more on that once Mass for Living starts in 2016. And um, this is my busiest time of year administratively and doing all the one-on-ones, answering lots of emails and having conversations with people about what about next year, uh, people who are considering starting Masterful Living. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot of extra, extra work, and um, which I, uh, most of it, certainly all the connections with people are uh, wonderful. And... Um, so once I get through this period, then I can think about what what comes next and open that up. And we can do visioning calls uh, on the phone. And I'm going. Angela's going to help me and to host some focus groups to find out where people are and what they would like. And um, so there's a lot of different pieces that are unfolding and. I can feel the opportunity to have uh, regular retreats for that future New York community. And even as I say that, Spirit says to me, they're not future, they're now. So, <laughs> okay. And um, so a lot, a lot is being revealed. And, uh, yeah. Jennifer, I have a question. Mm-hmm. The if you want to sign up for the um, counseling or the ministerial training, is that going to be a year-long thing, or should we sign up for either Masterful Living Three or the Ascension class? Yeah, good question, and thank you, Linda. Because if you're interested in the spiritual counseling training. Um, you'll sign up for the intensive when I announce that. As, uh, and just like for you particular, Linda, you've mm-hmm. done Masterful Living 1. I, I can't recall right this second. Did you do Finding Freedom? Yes. Okay. So uh, one of the things we would do is we would um, – so you would do the intensive and um, then – you would, after the intensive, you would begin doing the um, individual sessions with people because I, I have a very, um, to me, it feels a very powerful requirement. You know, when I was in the practitioner training, which was my spiritual counseling training, there wasn't much counseling training. And I felt really ill-equipped and um, unworthy of my 
in a sense, of counseling anyone. And um, so in my spiritual counseling training, I require 111 sessions of training within one-on-one with clients. And those sessions can be 30 minutes or an hour or each one is different. And where you fill out an evaluation afterwards, how do you feel about it? And they fill, in, uh, fill out an evaluation. And um, there's also uh, once a month calls with all the trainees where we talk about, oh, I had this client, this was an issue, or this this client triggered this in me, these kinds of things, and how to really work with those things. So people who took the training uh, with me in February of last year are still doing those once a month calls with me uh and so and that community is open uh in terms of uh i mean <clears throat> what i see is i'll just keep adding people to the that group and so i don't see any reason why not for years to come to be able to keep joining that group and asking questions as they arise um I mean, I certainly, I, I don't get that many questions now about uh, what, what, how to work with someone at, at all, but um, I sure did for a long time when I first began, and I was like, who was I going to ask in a certain sense, because there wasn't support for that so much in the community. I had to seek someone out on my own, so I, I really like, I really enjoy those calls. They're very fruitful, very deep, um, and so uh, yeah, so now for the ministerial training, I really, I haven't had a chance to really figure out exactly how that's going to work, but my sense is that it uh, i'm i'm going to be creating modules that will give people the training to give a sermon, teach a class, those kinds of things that ministers must be able to do. And well, uh you could, see you could be a spiritual teacher and just I when I started doing workshops, I had zero training zero. I just said, I'm doing this. <laughs> but actually now I'm remembering that what happened, as God would have it, is um, I had gone through um, Agape class. No, I was just starting the classes at Agape. But I had done lots of retreats and, and workshops and things like that for a number of years. And um, I volunteered to be the volunteer coordinator for um, the Center for the Advancement of Nonviolence, uh, which was just forming in Los Angeles. And we had, uh, we were doing this two-month uh, sequence of events where there were events all over the city of Los Angeles every day for 64 days. And uh, so I was training volunteers to work those events. Uh, so I was training them in nonviolence and then how to navigate through all the different opportunities that we had to serve uh, with uh, our organization. And so I had no 
experience previously training volunteers to do anything uh, or training anyone to do anything really pretty much except for maybe like how to use Microsoft Word or something, teaching, a, you know, my grandmother, not my grandmother, she never had a computer, but my mom or, you know, I just, I had no teaching experience at all. And, um, and I found myself every week I was doing a training. So I'd get up, I'd make, do a talk about the personal practice of nonviolence, what the organization was about, and those kinds of things. And it was deeply transformative. And that's, I started making that, I, I made that commitment to live nonviolently. And because of that, because of doing that in 1997, when I found A Course in Miracles and started studying it in 2006, I realized as I was looking at the lessons, I realized, oh, this is, this is my personal practice of nonviolence. This is exactly the same thing. Same thing. So, but that's, so then out of that, I started teaching workshops and retreats. And the first workshop that I did was on the personal practice of nonviolence. And I'll never forget that towards the end of the workshop, maybe, I don't, I don't probably two and a half hours or something like that into it, Someone asked me a question. It was a small group, maybe 15 people. And this woman asked me a question. Don't remember what the question was. It was something about her family, something like that. And I answered the question. And at the end, I said, so that's what I have to say, but what do I know? Mm. And she looked at me and she said, I don't know why you would say that because it's pretty clear you know a lot. And I just thought internally, yeah, I'm never going to say that again. I'm not saying that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, that experience of giving those talks and offering, starting to offer workshops like that, that was my training. And then I started teaching classes on creative writing. And I did really well with that. I was teaching the artist's way and things like that. So that's how I discovered, you know what? I, I, this teaching thing, I really like this. <laughs> and so that was all right after... I, I, I completed my master's degree, which cost me like $80,000 uh, in screenwriting. And uh, I, and all that screenwriting I did, I learned so much about myself because I put myself into every one of those characters. And then when I got the message, Go grow your consciousness. All these opportunities arose for me to do these different things. And I did my first retreat, I think it was in January of 1998. So I had JenniferHadley.com started in 1997. 
so that I could promote the retreat and people could figure out how to sign up for it, have a PayPal button or whatever it was. And um, so uh, I'm not sure exactly everything that will be in the ministerial training yet. I have not had an opportunity to think about that in in deep in any detail. I just have not had the opportunity to really sit with it and contemplate it. Um, but if anybody has another question for me, that may bring forth an answer. So I just have something. So those two the 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 counseling and the ministerial is kind of so two things to choose from now is the ascension pathway and the mess for living three is that or two yeah is that what I'm hearing right now there's yes master for living year three some people repeat year two which is totally fine and uh, in the beginning of the year with Ascension Pathway and year three particularly, we're going to join with year two uh, because uh, what I would like to share, I haven't shared yet. And so I would like everybody to have the foundation of what I'm going to share in the first two months of year two. And... Um, which is going to be, it's going to be very, so year two, year three, Ascension Pathway, we will be, for the first two months of the year, we will be looking at the same teachings. And uh, there will be year three classes that will be separate and uh, Ascension Pathway classes that will be separate. But I'm asking everyone, year two and above, if you want to say above, uh to join together to do this focused work on these, um, really their teachings of uh, oneness and empowerment and um, that I haven't offered before in this way at all. And I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then the ministerial training will be an outgrowth of the classes that I'm offering. New classes will come forth that will be modules uh, one of the things in year one I'm going to do next year is I'm going to offer, uh, in as part of year one, we're going to do, I think it might be a month, where we're going to focus on the body and healing and how we feel about our body and those kinds of things. And uh, then that is going to, and then in um, year two, three, and and uh we'll in year two and three we're gonna be uh focusing on really understanding the consciousness of spiritual healing and working with the physical body and how you heal the physical body by working with your mind on on a more focused level than we've done and because even if people don't have a healing issue, understanding, because I, until this year, I, I've never been injured. You know, I had the back injury this summer, but until this year, I've never, never been injured. I had my wisdom teeth out when I was 
12 years old or some 11 years old and I I had my tonsils out when I was 12 or something but I I I've never had a major illness since I had my tonsils out when I was 12 so even though it was just a, a back injury not a major illness really just more an inconvenience and some pain it was a lot of pain but um Fortunately, I can't even remember what that felt like anymore. I have, have no real recollection of it. I just remember wincing and how difficult it was just to move. <laughs> but um, what? Uh, but most people have stuff that they work with. I mean, Peter's been through intensity and... Um, Sally's going through intensity right now. Carla's been through a lot of intensity. Um, Linda's got a lot of intensity with her husband. And with depression, which she shared about. And uh, Lawrence, I don't know about you. How about you? Have you had any major physical, mental challenges? Um I am I am just I'm doing really well in all areas. Nice. So, um but many people either they have a loved one with a major healing crisis or they are experiencing one or have experienced one and when I was um back in the 90s that's when I learned about healing at the level of the mind and so i i went through menopause i barely noticed it for me it was just like i stopped menstruating and i was like oh i guess that's over now i had a couple of hot flashes and then it was over so i i and realizing that there's quite a lot I know about healing on the physical level and to, to, to really focus on that because it's a great way to teach principle and apply it. And what I'll share with you too is I'm and answering Carla's question is, uh, so I was trained to be a science of mind practitioner, and the definition of that is someone who holds the consciousness of oneness and perfection for everyone all the time. Now, I've yet to meet a practitioner who does that, who's, who's yet capable of doing that. I haven't met that one yet. However, I aspire, obviously, to be that one. And when I went through the practitioner training, I, as I was telling Linda earlier, I knew that I did not want to do any counseling one-on-one -on -one with people. I, at Agape, where I was, there was simply no classes beyond what I had already taken except the practitioner training 
And what they told us was, do not go into the practitioner training unless you want to see clients one-on-one. And I thought, yeah, I don't want to see clients one-on-one. The very idea of sitting and listening to someone with their problems is like, I will pay you not to have to do that. You know, I was like, how do I get out of that? <laughs> I don't want that. But I just, uh, people. Welcome to the conference. Please enter the conference ID, followed by the pound key. Thank you. Guest ID accepted. Okay, here's the recording part two. We're beginning here. So what was the last question? Oh, I, I know. I was I was saying that, um, so, uh, for instance, John Mundy is the head of, I can't remember his organization, that is the um, Interfaith Seminary. And that's a one-year ministerial training. And um, the Community Miracle Center has a, I believe it's a two-year ministerial training. Um, I, don't, I don't remember how, I don't, I don't think I know how long Regina's program is. Do you know, Carla? No. Yeah, she's, she's got a training, a ministerial training. I don't know how, is it a year? might be a year, might be two years, I, I really don't know. And um, I, I don't know about other things, Circle of Atonement and different groups like that. I have no idea, uh, really. But um, what I have learned from my own experience is that A, I can start teaching and ministering um, even though there's a lot I don't know, because that's what I did. I started teaching without, nobody trained me, like I said. I just was figuring it out as I went along. And um, I used to say, I, they should put on my tombstone, uh, the last thing she said was, what if we got a group of people together and went to heaven? You know, or what, you know, it's like, I, I just, that's how I think. I think, well, what if we got a group of people together and we just had a conversation or we started a project or created a thing? And um, I'm willing to hold that container. And so uh, I, now I'm very excited about the possibility of training teachers because I feel like I've, become an excellent teacher and I have a, such a passion for it and I have a, a passion for helping people who uh, would like to be a teacher and feel unqualified or ill-equipped or unworthy and things like that. So uh, like I said a bit earlier, I'm stepping into an expanded adventure for myself on a, these levels of uh, community, 
teaching. And so it's it's a bit challenging for me right now to say exactly what's going to unfold. But I, I thought it was valuable for people to know that this is what I'm holding. So people ask me for years, would you ever consider spiritual counseling training for people? I'd like to train with you. And so I created that program. And the only reason I haven't done it since 2014 is because of not having the administrative staff to really help me organize the intensives and things like that because there's a lot of administration to it. And um, But I feel that's shifting and changing. And I know that everything serves uh, my growth and I put my growth ahead of everything else, so now I can put, put my attention on that. And I think that's part of the move back to New York, because I lived in New York for 10 years um, in the city. And, uh, you know, New York, I don't know if it's the world capital of therapists, but there's a lot of therapists there. And um, a lot of people who would benefit from spiritual counseling. So it's where I feel called to go. And uh, I, I'm feeling a little bit like I'm rambling now. So, <laughs> um, and it may just be I need to uh, drink some water. Um, I know I haven't answered everybody's question. And I don't know that I actually can right now. So I haven't created a sign-up for um, the Ascension Pathway yet, but I, I will be doing that very soon. It's probably going to be kind of rudimentary because I don't have graphics and things like that yet. Um, so there and, – and one other thing I'd like to say is that the – New Year's Reboot Call is on January 1st, and for the first two weeks of January, what I'd like to do for anyone who's continuing on, I'd like to ask you to please come to the Year One Community Calls, because as you remember well, there's all this fear in the beginning. Can I do it? What will happen? And oh, prayer partners, no thank you, and all that. And um, you sharing is going to really help those people hear. Well, all right, well, maybe I could, like what Peter shared, you know, about did not want a prayer partner, loves his prayer partner, such an important part of his life now. People sharing that is what's going to help people to overcome their own fears. And so um, that's a, a, a way to really um, pay it forward and share what has been valuable to you so that people can hear in your voice and in your words, oh, well, maybe I'm, I could take a chance on that. Maybe, okay, maybe I could be more invested in this. Oh, maybe it's okay that I don't know how I can make this work. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe all these, this work would save time. Because people don't believe that spiritual practice saves time until they prove it to themselves. But if you hear person after person sharing, yep, definitely saves time, 
Yes, it definitely eliminates fear. Yes, it, it definitely eliminates self-doubt and worry. Yes, it uh, eliminates this and this and this and this uh, and has these benefits. People are like, well, that's what I'd like to eliminate. Those are the benefits I'd like to have. That's why people's testimonials are so valuable because people – Sometimes in year one, people will say, you know, I read that one testimonial, and I just thought, that's me. So that that's my request, uh, is that people who do register come to those classes. Uh, community calls, rather, week one and week two, year one. And definitely people who are interested in the, the tracks of spiritual counseling and teaching, get in there and start facilitating some community calls. You know, a number of people told me that one of the great things that happened to them this year is they were really challenged and they reached out to Linda because she was the facilitator that they felt connected to. And, and, and let me just say, Philip did an awesome job. And and people reached out to Angela, and but they knew Angela because Angela had reached out to them. And some of the people, some of you folks who had um, Mighty Companions uh, really felt that that was a, a support and a help. And some of the year three students who had Mighty Companions uh, felt that it was a great benefit to them as well, that they were a companion to someone was a help to them. And this year, 2015, there weren't enough volunteers to even offer Mighty Companions. And so next year, I, I really hope that people will step forward and say, yeah, I really like to, I'm willing to talk to someone once a month. And you ask any of the Mighty Companions, most of them, they, they didn't have to even do more than two calls if they didn't wish to. But a lot of them were like, yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Like, uh, I think it was Richard said to me that uh, he was a mighty companion to Lars. And he really enjoyed that, connecting with him. So they they connected a few times or however many times. So... Yeah, invitations to step up and out, to be of service. Get out of your comfort zone. I have to say that saying yes to the facilitating and saying yes when uh, year one students reached out to me was incredibly beneficial to me. Like I was telling you when we talked earlier, I feel that I got as much, if not more, benefit out of it than than they did. Saying yes is is was expanding for me. Hmm. Of course. Yeah. It's not for everyone. And 
the invitation is there to move out of your comfort zone. So I do have a question. So this, if you're in the ascension pathway, you're doing everything. So you can still facilitate other stuff? Sure. You know, if you're in the ascension pathway, you don't have to listen to year one, year two, year three. But the thing is, is, see, this is the, one of the u unique things is to offer you that opportunity to contribute. When I, when I look at the instant teleseminar board and see who's on the call, I'm doing a year one call, and I see five or ten people from year two and year three, um, it's not even that I see it, it's, Here's the thing. When I started these classes in 2009, I didn't have any year two or three people. The curriculum was being revealed to me week by week. And so then when I had a year two and a year one, and the year two people would come to the year one, everything had more solidity because... The work that you do, you're standing on the consciousness of the people who did it before you. So it's like when I was um, speaking every Sunday at Project Service LA. Sometimes, maybe once or twice a month, a practitioner from Agape would come just to enjoy the service just to hear what I had to say, to enjoy the community, things like that. And it was always, and I do mean always, a better service because of their consciousness being in the room. And I remember one time uh, I was invited to teach a class, a one-time class, one afternoon, maybe 90 minutes or two hours, um, for a group called the Gay, Gay Healer Circle in L.A. And Jesse went with me. And uh, some of the pe members of the Gay Healer Circle were um, in, in the community of Project Service L.A. So there were a few people that knew me in the room besides Jesse. Uh, and so I, I did a class, a teaching. I, I don't remember what it was really about now, at all, but afterwards, Jesse came up to me, and he looked at me, and he said, holy mother of God, that's like the best class you ever gave. What what happened? Like, what? I said, Jesse, that's because everybody in the room had the consciousness of a healer. So the conversation that the Spirit can bring through me the teaching is much higher level. These are not people who are just starting. These are people that have been in a healing profession for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. It's a totally different conversation. He was just like, oh my God, I had no idea. So... That's why I feel spirit has said, you know, 
if people enroll in year two and beyond, invite them to everything. And uh, there certainly was a time when I, I listened to um, teachings and audios and sermons and audio books and things like that just ev- every day for an hour or two hours a day. And uh, had conversations with prayer partners many times a week, pretty much like most of you. And um, now I'm the teacher, so I'm definitely in that healing conversation, in that prayer partnership every day. So I'm not listening to what other people are teaching so much, but I'm listening to what God is teaching me and listening to what you are teaching me. Because we're all one. That's right, baby. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, and uh, and I apologize that I don't have more details and more clarity for you. And uh, that's part of what I'm looking to build for next year is the um, where I'm stepping more away from the administration so I can be more focused on um, just making things clear <laughs> from this kind of a perspective. Because it's all going to be, I'm not, I'm doing things I've not ever done before. God hasn't given me all the details yet. We can help hold the space for you. Thank you, Linda. I know that you are. And Peter, I look forward to what unfolds in New York, and I I hope that you'll be an instrumental part of it, and everyone in the New York area. Were you going to say something, Peter? I was thinking about it, but um, it's a little it's loud in the bedroom where I'm at. So later ah. on. Okie doke. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, we've gone an hour over time. <laughs> so, and I don't know what the recording will be, but um, we'll see. Um, so, I'm going to pray us out. Hmm. So grateful. So thankful to know the truth. So grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power of love, living itself through us and as us. So grateful to stand in the awareness of the I Am Presence is leading and guiding us all, and that in every moment of our lives, there is a precious gift, and we are willing to receive it. So we call the company of heaven, the ancestors, the angels, and all that is holy to walk with us and talk with us all the days of our life. What I know for each and every one of us is that our divine purpose is revealing itself in our awareness, and we are sharing that with everyone because we're one with them. What I know, too, is that we are a healing presence in the world. We are a blessing. 
I know, too, that we are profoundly blessed. We bless each other. We bless ourselves. So grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds together. To say yes to the truth setting us free. So grateful for the yes that resounds throughout the universe. So grateful. In deep and abiding gratitude, we allow the expansion to continue. Unprecedented, unlimited, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. I love you so much. Thank you for a great year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What the heck? I'll play a song. <laughs> uh, I'll play the song. I love it so much. It starts really loudly, so um, brace yourself. Um, and I played it last night. It's called I'm Changed, and it's a choir song. And um, uh, it's just a beautiful song, a recognition of the change that's happening within us all. So I'm changed. God bless you. Beverly Freeman, come on down.
The moderator has left the conference.